Welcome to episode 3 of the Lured podcast brought to you by Finn and Tide. As some parts of the UK have now had restrictions lifted on fishing, we hope you're able to listen to this pod whilst travelling to or from your favourite marks. In this episode we talk vertical fishing with Martin Donald as well as touching on his knowledge and experience of fishing in Florida. We also discuss what it's like to become a charter skipper on his boat, The Spirit of Aaron. And as always, we hope you enjoy. Right, episode three. Who would have thought we would have got this far? <laughs> Everyone got their beers ready? Yes, yeah, set. Yeah, ready. Ready to go. Nice. In homage to Dave, I've gone for a Cornish cider tonight. Oh, have you? Oh, nice. Are you... Uh... Are you washing that down with a pasty as well, or no? No, I've saved the pasty for my four thirty alarm tomorrow morning, <laughs> when I'll be attacking the shore for the first time this year. <laughs> pasty for the win. Yeah, exactly that, mate. Exactly that. So we've had some good news with the fishing restrictions being lifted. Uh, yeah, even if they're not totally lifted across the UK, they are in England, which means obviously we can go, but. But that's no night fishing, though, is it? It's. Uh, I think it's. That, I think you've got to be home. Is, is, it, is, it, like, is it like a curfew time? I'm, I've not really looked into it too much. I, 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 I don't, I'm not sure. I saw some people on Facebook today commenting on it. Uh, night fish or not? I don't know. Yeah. Yes. We should probably introduce our guest, should we not, Rick? Yeah. 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 Who wants to do the honours? Pete, you you can you, you should do the introduction this week. Myself? Well, would you want Pete to do it? Pete, you do yeah, it. Yeah, Pete, okay. do it. Yeah. On, okay. Pete. Um, so this week we've got on um, Martin Donald, who is a a really good friend of mine, a charter skipper also at Littlehampton. Um, he charters the boat now, Spirit of Aaron. Um, and yeah, Martin and I fish together for quite a few years now um on the boat beach out in florida which uh is freaking mental um and um yeah so we just got, we're pleased to have mart on and we're gonna pick his brains about vertical fishing on the boat and uh a bit of florida and yeah just see see how about he goes his business really so off we go I can't wait to get into this one, to be honest, because I don't think I've ever seen anyone post so many doubles <laughs> of batter <laughs> on social media in my life. So. Yeah, I think <laughs> I've been itching for this this chat. Mark, what was the? Um, I know it wasn't this year, was it? I mean, what we in now? Twenty twenty. Um, was it eight? Uh, was it two thousand eighteen? You had something like was it thirty six recorded doubles or something like that? Uh... It was 36, but I think it was a year or two before that. I think 2017, probably. Right, okay, okay. Or two, yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, mate. Yeah, last last year, oh. I didn't get as much fishing in as I wanted to, so it wasn't, and it was probably a year before that. You know, let's, let's, let's also, I mean, we fish together a lot now, Mark, and um, on the boat, we've caught shitloads of doubles between us and had some crazy days, but, you know, let's just touch base that, you know, although we're fishing in the boat, sometimes many miles out, you know, some of these are caught on top waters. Yeah. Some of these are caught vertical fishing. Some of these are caught traction fishing. Some of these are caught up in the water. It's not all, it's not all based around fishing, you know, deep water, jigging up and down. It's just, it no. comes from a whole different. I think, I think we've had some days where we've caught, caught some, you know, eight pound plus fish 
pretty much on every everything we've thrown at them, really, but off the top. Yeah, yeah. You know, vertical fishing, you know, even in 100-foot water sometimes, we've had them off the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that, as crazy as that sounds, you know, people think, oh, Christ, really? And you're like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, bass, they're, they're quite, you know, they're, they're, the, the, the type of fish they, they feed, you know, they'll feed where the bait is. And if the bait's at 100 foot, they'll be at 100 foot. If the bait's at, you know, if it's on the surface, it's on the surface. I don't think it matters you know, what sort of depth you're fishing. It's, it's where the fi- where the bait's at. The, the fish tend to be the same, doesn't, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly um, that, mate. It's, it's simple as that. If that's where the uh, bait is, that's where, the, that's where they're pretty much going to be. Um, you know, a lot yeah. of times you'll find the smaller fish up up on the surface more, and then the bigger fish are below them. But yeah. sometimes you get those magical days where it all comes together and then you can you can throw some top waters at some, you know, at a bit big fish and then you've got you know, a dozen of them fighting over your lure, trying to trying to eat it. That's that's I've had I've that's had the phone, days I live for. I've yeah, had phone, I bet. Jesus, I've, I've had phone calls from you before, Mark, and you're like, you're not going to believe this, Pete. I've just had a double on a top water, and there was probably about ten other doubles fighting for it. And you, you're like, why am I Jeez. at work? You know, why yeah. why couldn't I go fishing? Why did I have to say sorry, mate? I've got to work. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, if Pete, ever I was going to say, mate, there's a Get in touch. <laughs> well, Pete, Pete, he won't. He won't like me saying this, but he's had, he's had a, he's got a bad track record of failing on the odd occasion. Oh, now the truth's coming <laughs> out. <laughs> Unfortunately, lads, I'm, he's a busy boy. You know, I let him. He is a busy boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. kids and a missus who obviously she's not flying at the moment, but yeah, she um with the missus who flies and you know works abroad, you know. 90% of the time it is tough it is tough and uh, you know I wish you know but when we first started fishing together Mark you know we were fishing together all the time you know the kids were young the missus was around more but you know I'm sure you agree as you get older your life changes yeah. and your circumstances change yeah, but um, absolutely. you know I'm always there in spirit mate if I can't be there <laughs> well, yeah. you're, you're usually <laughs> on the other end of the phone saying how's it going how's it going <laughs> <laughs> rename the boat in the spirit of Pete the yeah. spirit of Aaron <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant brilliant um, Mark what um, oh, Matt, I was looking through your, your Instagram page earlier and just it's chunk after chunk bass and then huge pollock what um, what do you prefer targeting do you is it the bass or is it the pollock or is there something else that over here that you just you know gets the, the blood um, flowing Bass is my favourite to fish for. I'm, I, I'd say I, I really enjoy my days on the wrecks catching the pollock as well. But if I had to pick pick one thing to go and fish for, it would it would just be bass. They're, you know they're yeah. they're they're a challenge as, at the same time as well. I think pollock, you know, it's a challenge catching a big one, but you can pull up on any wreck pretty much, and you know you can you can pull out a ten or twelve pounder easy. It's the mm. the challenge on the pollock is catching a catching the big ones. Yeah, how, how big have you mm. gone on the pollock, Mark? Uh, Twenty thirteen is my biggest. Oof. Can I just say wow. I netted that as well? I was there. <laughs> <laughs> it was big. Yeah, Pete, it was Pete big. caught yeah, a Pete, Pete, Me and Pete both caught. Pete caught a fifteen pounder on the same drift as me, and we had them set, had a picture of them taken side by side. It made us look like a minnow. Wow. <laughs> it, was it was massive crazy how much bigger it was 
but you know we, we've all we've been fortunate on the Rex, Martin. We? We've had a lot of sort of seventeens and eighteens, and yeah, you know, we've we've had a lot that size. But they're not they're not you know people think oh bloody hell you know you always get the big fish, you always get that you know you've got sometimes you've just got to roll with the punches. You've just got to wade through the smaller fish, haven't you? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can drop down. And I mean, this probably sounds really selfish, but you know, you, you drop down and you, you're rail dumping like 12 pounders, you know, a 10 pounder, 12 mm. pounders to some people. And it, you know, well, it is a big fish, you know, a tw- mm. any fish of 12 pounds, a big fish, but you know, when you're getting, when you're getting hit on the drop every time by those and you're trying to get your lure down, to the better fish it can be an absolute pain but you you know when you've hooked that bigger fish i mean we've been absolutely steamrolled on them wrecks by some fish might haven't we just yeah we, they, unstop- we've fish that we just never had a chance of slowing down but really we, but we you know we fish light as well which is probably our own fault but it's it just adds to the fun yeah. it's just more you know it's, yeah, like, yeah. I, I get some funny looks when i on my charters when i show them what i use for bass fishing and, and wrecking they just, you know, you get some proper blank looks when you show them what 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 sort of yeah. gear you're using because they they still think they're going to go out there with a twenty thirty and a forty pound braid and and a flying collar and that's how they that's how they have yeah. always done it. Mm. Yeah. So, I'll... man, no, I've, I I I love the the idea of kind of fishing deep wrecks and for pollock on light gear, but um, you know it's it'll be mass it'll be new to me i've not done much of it so what what kind of gear would you be looking at using i mean it all depends on budget but you know if if i could pick up pick my best my go-to rod and reel and everything it's 10 root super mix 240 because it Mm. does it all Mm. i agree shimano stella with P one point one or one point two, you know, twenty 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 one pound, and then that 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 covers me for inshore bassing, and and I can get away with it on the wrecks as long as I'll t- probably take a rod that's got you know another rod with a reel on it that's got twenty five pound braid on it in case I if I get steam trained a couple of times, I'll put the lighter setup away and then say right I'll fish with a bit for a bit heavier and try and stop whatever's I'll fish probably a twenty-five pound for a leader, just so if I if I get close to the wreck, I've got mm. a bit of a bit more of a chance of a, a bit of abrasion there. But other than that, you, you don't need to fish any heavier than that. Well, on the business end, what sort of weight are you using? Some days you get the perfect day where it's still calm on a small tide. We we've been fishing with sixty grams in one hundred and eighty foot of water. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah. I would say we probably average average weight we use. I would say is between ninety and one twenty p. Yeah, yeah. I would say I, I don't like using more than one hundred twenty grams. I, it's, I think once you go over one hundred twenty grams, it ruins the action a little bit. I yeah, think, you, you. I think you just get a too the a too faster fall. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, there'll be the odd day where we, we'll be out and the conditions are against you. You've got wind against tide and drop stuff. Um, but generally, I think once you get over 120 grams for how we fish, you, uh, you don't seem to catch as much. No, no, you you lose that. You lose finesse, that, I would yeah. say. You, you don't. You lose yeah, the finesse absolutely. side of it. Which is why we fish light because it is finesse, you know. And you, you just 
you're kind of killing it stone dead. And um, yeah, it's um, and it's amazing how, think, how many takes you'll have on the drop as well. Really? <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, it, you know, it's important. I find when you're out there, you can you can kind of, unless you're in tune with it, you, you kind of miss those on the drop takes because, I mean, for me, unless you're, you know, unless you're, well, what, what I tend to do when I'm dropping back down is I'll be watching my braid and you'll soon know if you get a hold up. Yeah. Because obviously <clears throat> your braid's coming off your reel and you can, I'm watching the water where my line touches, where my braid touches the water. And then suddenly the braid will lay on the water and then bang quickly just bail arm over you, handle you've got to be paying a, you've got to be paying attention though because the amount of people that you know I'll, I'll be fishing next to them and, and i'll just say you just had a bite there yeah because they're just you know they're just thinking oh yeah i'm not gonna get to i'm not at the bottom yet they'll they'll miss it and if yeah. you're not paying attention you know you've got to, as soon as you see that line go slack and you, it's obvious you know you you know if you're 30 winds up you know you're probably 40 foot up it's going to take you yeah 15, 18 seconds to hit the bottom with the amount of the lures that we're using. If your line goes slacking before that period, you know a fish has picked mm. it up. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, but yeah. that comes with experience. That's the same with all fishing, you know. Yeah. I always say that, especially on the bass side of things. Or then I say, well, how, how do you know when, you, when you're getting a, a bite? Or especially if you're dead sticking for rats and stuff and you can just bang in mm. your lure. It's hard to explain it to people, but once they get that first bite, they then they know what they're looking for. But until that happens, yeah. they're kind of second guessing everything. Reckon when you're fishing in that deep water, you're gonna the a pollock will pick your lure up. You'll have some days where you'll get a lot of bites on the drop, but most of your bites generally are going to come as you're retrieving it up, right? Whereas and you know, that's where it's different to bass fishing because normally bass fishing, although sometimes we will just keep the lure right near the bottom, especially if you're trying to catch a cod or something like that or a bass. But if you're pollock fishing, generally you're dropping it down, you're retrieving it up, trying to work the water column really more than I would be traditionally fishing on the reef for the bass because I know that the bass are normally tucked down tight on the bottom, whereas, you know, constantly bass fishing, I'm bouncing my lure off the bottom all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, and bass fishing, it, Pete will agree with me. Ninety-nine percent of the time, your bites come on the drop. Yeah, yeah. Right, right before it's about to hit hit the deck, you get that's when you get your hit. You, I, I can't remember the last time I caught one on a on a pitch up. Yeah, really. You know, they're, they're all they're all on the drop. And I don't know why it is. I think it's it must be because they think that that. Whatever the fish they think it is, it's about the dart underneath a rock or something, and they've got to get it before it goes under there. But every, almost every bite comes on the drop. You'll catch your one on the retrieve on the way back up at the end of the drift, but you know, ninety-nine percent are always on the drop, and that's why it's so important for people to stay in contact with their lure on the drop. Because I, the amount of people I watch, they just have a slack line the whole way, and you're never going to feel your bite, and you're never going to know you had a bite. Yeah. So it's so important to keep, and kind of drop, you don't have to drop it fast. Drop slow. Drop it slow. You don't have to go down fast. Yeah, you can, you know, just you can stay control in it. it. Yeah, you don't have to drop it fast. Just drop it down until you feel it thump off the bottom, and then come up again. Come up six foot, 
with your rod tip and then go back down another six foot. And it, 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 it will always be within that last four or five inches, just right before you hit the bottom, that you're going to get your bite. I was, um, Mark, as, as we're on that, I was chat when I was chatting with Dave last week on, on our pod, I was talking about when, when you fish banks and stuff, you when you're pitching as you're going up, up the bank and, you know, quite rightly what you said, you, you pitch upwards and it's that downward, it's that slack between hitting the bottom and getting tight is that that's when you get that hit. So you, yeah. you pitch, pitch, pitch. And usually you get to the top and you pitched up and it's that little bit of slack before you hit the bottom again, bang. Yeah. And if you, especially when you're coming up a bank like that, where, you know, you're coming up and you've got a 30 foot, difference in height between the you know the bottom of the bank and the top of the bank and you're you're drifting over it as fast as you can take up slack really yeah and so you're only the lure's probably only moving six eight inches Mm. at certain times are coming up that bank and it's and it's you know they're very specific sometimes but where they they sit on the uh where they'll sit and you can go for another uh, you know you can have a a, you know, three hundred yard drift, and in my head, I know that if I haven't caught a fish in the first ten yards, I'm probably not. Oh, I've caught the odd fish past there, but I probably know that your best chance is in the first fifty yards of that drift. Otherwise, forget it. And you could you could go another hundred yards up tide of where we are, you get nothing. It's it's right in that one little area where they're just sitting. Yeah. Mm. There's probably a, a, a pressure wave or something where it hits the bank that they like to sit on, or something that just confuses the bait as they come over and they just sit there and just wait. It's also worth noting, Mark, the bites are quick as well, isn't they? They're lightning fast. They're super fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I almost think that on some of those marks we fish, there's there's probably a an overhang or something there that they they just sit and hide underneath. Yeah. And as your as your lure comes over there, they did nip out, have a go, and then they're they're trying to get back straight back underneath yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I mean that's the importance of uh, you know what Mark was touching base on earlier about knowing what's a bite and what's not a bite, and uh, mm. it can be really difficult sometimes because when you're going up that bank, honestly, the light, as you were just saying, the bites are so so quick. It can be one bang of the rod on that on that that little bit of slack before it hits the bottom again, and if you're not in, if you're not in contact with it, you, you've missed it. And then you know, yeah. as I was saying, like, we've had it, we've had it, mate. Where if you're not on your game on the day for a little, you know, we're off. We we both had it either way. Where I'm missing all my bites, and every drift you're you're getting a fish. Yeah. If, yeah. if you're just that bit too slow on the day, or not paying attention, or your mind's not on it. Yeah. Sometimes you know it's it's a split second between catching a fish and and getting a bite or or, or missing it. Yeah. And I think that's mm. what makes bass fishing to me so special. It's 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 not it's not it's not an easy thing to do you know and you know some days some days they can be you know you, you can get one every single drop they're just having it but other days they can be they can be hard to catch and you know if, if you're not in tune with it you know those split second bites it is the difference between having a blank drift and possibly sticking a double on the bank on, on, on the on the boat floor which we've done quite a few times and um they're a wily old fish and you know, I think that's what I think that's the the draw of it for me well, anyway. Yeah, they don't get big by being stupid. I know that. No, hundred no, percent. Yeah, that's yeah. 
That's a fact. And do you, do you guys, you, have you always had it with the soft plastics? Obviously, I haven't been out with you guys on the boat, but is it always the soft plastics or have you used the metals or is there other uh, we've, options? We've we've done our fair bit of slow jigging and, and even speed jigging to a point. Yeah. But um, I actually really like slow jigging, but I just find that your days are so limited on what you can do it. Mm. If you've got too much, you know, I, I'm, I'm not talking about a lot of wind. If you've got 10 mile an hour of wind, forget it. Mm, yeah, unless, really. you're gonna, unless you're going to use a really, really heavy jig. Heavy jig, yeah. yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm talking, you're going to you're gonna be using over 300 grams. Right. Wow. And, you know, it's, it's the, the, the rods that we've got, are, are not going to deal with that sort anyway. Yeah. But yeah, if you've got wind against tide or, and, and anything other than t- a 10 mile an hour wind, or above a ten mile an hour wind, you might as well forget it. Yeah, I mean, because unless you unless you're keeping that jig, ver- you know, vertical, any angle to that jig at all, you, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. I think it's worth it's so critical. I think it's worth. I'm just gonna butt in here and reference. I think it was two thousand. How many how many pollock comps did we do? We did sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen, didn't we? We had. We had. I was, we, we fished three years as well yeah. that, until the last year, and then they haven't done one since. Yeah. yeah so I, I think I, I was third on the sixteenth. On the sixteenth, then you won it seventeen, and then your old man won it eighteen. And it was the. Yeah. It was a two thousand seventeen one. I don't know if you remember the conditions, but we were. We obviously we were wrecking because we were. It was a pollock competition. But do you remember what we were doing in hundred and eighty foot of water? We were. Yeah, we were traction fishing. We were casting fifty. No, probably fifty to sixty yards. Mm. With 180 gram shads, traction fishing for Pollock on Rex, and that's how Mark ended up winning it. It was wow. mental. Lads, would you? I mean, can you sort of give a bit of a, a dummy's overview of what traction fishing is? Because it's something you don't hear a lot of these days, I suppose. In depth. Pete's probably a better person to describe it than me. I'm not a man of many words, but Pete, <laughs> Pete can probably explain it better than me. So keeping it short and sweet, obviously vertical fishing is so vertical being up and down, um, working working your lure at different depths directly off the end of the rod tip. Traction fishing is casting away from the boat. Um, but down tide. Down tide, yeah. Where the boat's going to be drifting to. So you're basically casting down tide and then you're working the shad back towards you. As you move towards it. As you move, move towards it. So you're keeping right. that lure in the yeah. kill zone. You can literally just jink it back really slowly. Or if you're fishing sand and stuff like that, you, you, could, be, you could be like tuffed in sand or, or shale or anything like that. You can literally work it hard across the bottom if that's where the fish are. But you can, so you can do obviously a, a slow linear retrieve um, down tide or you can, you can pitch it back to you. Um, there's so many different ways you can do it, but what traction is is obviously it's down tide fishing um, mm. and the boat is always moving towards the lure so it just keeps the lure in that kill zone a lot longer because it, i mean some people even you know they're they're as good as dead stick in the lure if, if the bass are really close to the bottom the, yeah it could be such tiny movements of the lure yet the lure's always in that zone because you're not being pulled away you're actually moving towards it so it, it, you know, it, it's a totally different ball game to verting, and I mean, I love traction fishing. I love doing it. It's great, and it can be it's really good, it productive. Is good fun, even even on inshore on the bass as well. It's 
it's, it can be on the on some days where the bass are a bit being a bit more fussy. It's a difference between catching fish and not. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, a, a lot of people get confused about what traction fishing is, and that's basically what it is. And it's it's not hard to do, but when when you sort of when you get in tune with it, it's fantastic. You know, but it all it all depends on the speed the boat's drifting to how much braid or you need to pick up at a time when you pitch and. You know, it's all on the day. Every day is different, but it's yeah. it's an absolutely fantastic method to, to fish, and it's it's one you know I, I use a lot. Um, and yeah, it's it's great. It's absolutely <clears throat> fantastic. Yeah. Do you know what I love about vertical fishing? You just, you never know what you're going to catch as well. I mean, oh mate, you 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 you're targeting something, and you think, okay, well, I'm pretty much dialed into this now, and then something just comes along. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna butt straight in here. Mine and Mark's first day ever fishing together, years ago it was. He, kn- <laughs> he knows what's coming here. We're out there, and do you know what? It was <laughs> our first ever exactly time what... out, and it was. I only just got the blueprint, and you, Mark. It was sort of like cut the trips in, and um, so we're out. Obviously, our first time fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd had it all planned. It's the first time, the first time we ever met. We've spoken a lot, but it's the first we time we've ever together. And, First drop down, we're straight into like 15 pound pollock, and then we had some bass and bits and pieces like that. And you know, we're, we're just sort of like taking the day easy, we're catching shed loads of fish, um, just having a great time. Sun was shining, banter, um, and yeah, just towards the end, towards the end of, 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 of the day, we're, we're fishing this last wreck. And um, Christ Almighty, I put down one of my, my, my pinks, my pink specials, um, it was a rolling shad, um. I can't remember what head it was on now. I think it was only like a 60 gram head because it was, it was completely, it was like glass, it was like oil on the water. Yeah. It was crazy. And um, 50 turns up on the wreck, I get a nod on the rod and then it just slowly hoops over. And I, I've got my little rod, Mark calls it the noodle. It's my little JDM rod, what um, Alex from Garage Industries made me. It's an absolute class little thing. And this thing's curled over. Like, what the bloody hell is that then? And anyway, Mark's got his, his head over the side there and he's like, bloody John Dory. No way. Like, no, it's not. And I've never caught a J I've never caught a JD and I mean it wasn't no, one either. It was a decent one. Mm. And um yeah. mate, and this when when I got sight of it, um it was the most amazing thing I'd ever caught. Like just coming up in that complete crystal clear bluey water was this just JD mm. man. And I I mean I'll 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 find a picture, I'll put it on the um, you, you can put it on the Fin and Tide page or whatever of it and I reference it but it was just one of the most amazing fish i'd ever caught in our yeah. waters just for the simple reason the circumstances that i caught it we'd had an absolute blinding day catching loads of that day was fish. proper flat calm um, it was like glass the whole day is it, it was yeah. beautiful mate it was yeah and that, it was just the icing on the cake mate just an absolute stud of a john dory and it was just a, an amazing looking mm. creature do you still get um, many of them floating yeah, around Mark's yeah, 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 I usually get. I don't want to say usually, but I normally catch one or two a year, or you see one or two a year. Um, yeah, I mean they get. I think they're getting more common. To be fair, I, I, I always, yeah. I always seem to see more on floating around on Facebook or in fishing magazines now than I, I think we used to. Maybe not, but yeah. maybe I'm just more aware of them now that I that I've caught one, but. Yeah. yeah, or maybe just the way people are Mark fishing also, from is, is you know, if people have found a, I don't know, fishing that more finesse way or whatever, maybe it's just the more of them show up. 
Yeah, it's possible. I mean, they, they, they seem to be catching quite a few inshore these days as well. I mean, they're not big ones, so they're only little ones, but the bigger fish seem to come off the wrecks further out in the channel. But, yeah, you know, I st- I'm still seeing quite a few caught in close, even on bait occasionally. So, but, you know, yeah. I just, maybe there is just more around. I don't know. Mark's, all, he's, Mark's also a specialist in catching unicorns. <laughs> and um, he, he knows what's coming here. So, on two trips now, obviously not consecutive trips, but, you know, sp- in two separate years, he's caught a coalfish. Now, wow. coalfish in our waters, mate, is like yeah, unicorns. That's mental. And, um, yeah. yeah, that bastard's yeah. had <laughs> But I, I have had a conga. Yeah, I've had a 30-pound conga. Pound conga. I've that yet. That was on a crazy eel, uh, two twenty, ninety gram head, and that spat up a salt. So yeah, that was crazy. So yeah, we've had some yeah, pretty mental stuff. The only stuff. thing that's alluded yeah. is, is a ling, isn't it, on a lure? That's been yes. like our nemesis. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But I do think I think that yeah. almost well, if we hooked a ling because we're only using twenty five pound fluoro or lighter, unless it's right in the lift, it's probably going to bite us off. We've, we, I, I mean. I don't know. We've hooked some things that I suspect might have been linked because they're not particularly fast and they're just sort of plodders. But and then you lo- end up losing them. But yeah, that's that's top yes. of, one of the tops of my top of the list of a uh, tick off. Mark, you have quite a lot of experience fishing in Florida, don't you? Yeah, I do. Not this year, unfortunately. <laughs> it's been it's been a complete and utter torture watching all my mates over, watching all my mates this, over this year and I, I was supposed to have I was supposed to have come back on Wednesday last year last oh. week but, but obviously with what's going on I couldn't go this year but uh, but yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's dip, you know as much as I enjoy my fishing here and I'd happily go fish anywhere and in a puddle you know it's a different level over there nothing like it can you talk us through what um sort of the the, the fishing you do over there and the setups you you've got at um, your disposal well, uh, well, you know we do i don't think we might not have long enough for this i've been very lucky mate. I, I can you know my old man's got a boat over there and um we used to I used to go over there five or six times a year for two weeks at a time. So, you know, it, it was, I was very lucky. And we, you know, we can, we do a bit of everything really. We used, we used to have a, a, we used to have a, an offshore boat and a flats boat. And uh, if it was too windy, I'd fish in the river for the redfish and snook. And if, yeah. you know, and in the summer, I'd fish on the flats boat for the big tarpon that come up on the beach there. And then, if, you know, when the weather was right, we'd, we'd jump in the big boat and we'd either go, you know, bottom fishing for groupers, amberjacks and snappers and or when the time was right in the spring we'd go tuna fishing for yellow big yellowfin tuna and then you'd catch marlin and you know, sailfish and uh mahi mahi and all that and wahoos and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I was very what lucky. dreams are made of. Yeah. It was Pete's been a few times. He know he, he knows what it's uh what it's all about now. Yeah. It, it, We've had some epic, it, epic trips. Yeah, Mark, mm. Mark, 
Mark will agree. It literally, Mark, do you remember my first trip out with you guys? I got off the plane. Um, I landed about 6 p.m. and we I... got back to the house. And you're like, oh, have something to eat. We're going tuna fishing at 2 a.m. I like, yeah. Yeah, I, said you be- I said, you get a couple of hours sleep. I said, we're leaving at 2. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally, I'm still sat at the sat at the dining room table with with um, the old man, Mark's old man, drinking. I'm like nodding off while he's chatting to me. And Mark's like, you want to get some sleep, mate? Because uh, we're going in a few hours. And like, mate, I just remember, I just remember, you know, the alarm going off and, yeah. Did, did, you, jump, did you jump in a beanbag on the way out or did, did you just sit up, sit with me driving our way No, nah, yeah, I was, I was shotgun with you and up at the seats at yeah. the front. I was just, you know, the sun coming up and, yeah, we're just, obviously the whole, the yellow fit, the boat and all that. Just I was just like, mate, this is just amazing. And then... Yeah, we we got out to the mark. I think we we I think we were like a hundred odd miles out, Mark. Wasn't we? It was yeah, crazy. when we go tuna fishing out there, it's we don't start fishing until you're at least eighty miles out. It's a long way. Yeah, and well, then you, and then you you're using your radar. You've got to tune your set all your radar up and tune it in, and then you're using it to find packs of birds. And then you're running between packs of birds to to uh, to yeah. fish. Basically, I just, I just remember, you know, we we caught a few tuna and. Yeah, I mean, it just literally blew my mind. And then, you know, we'd be looking for birds, like Mark was saying, and we'd, we'd, you'd see some big explosions on the horizon, then Mark would do another pass, and then suddenly you've got five rods dumping out at once. You're like, what the fuck? Just mind-blowing, man. It was, you know, I'm throwing top waters at tuna, and oh, just don't. mental, mental, it's, mental, yeah. mental. Uh, I think that first trip, was it that First trip, did you catch a marlin on that trip, or was that the next trip? No, that was uh, no. The we caught the marlin on in the the tournament, didn't we? Yeah, but I think on your first first day there, you caught your first yellowfin. Yeah, you caught a, a yellowfin on top water, and you caught a mahi mahi on top water. Yeah, that's oh. right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, crazy. Epic. What sort of setups you running for them in the top waters, Mark? Um, we, I've got. I used to have ten thousand stellars. Um, but we've we've just swapped them out, and now we've gone for we've got fourteen thousand twin powers because a fourteen thousand twin power, although it's got more capacity, it's that the reel itself is actually more compact than the old ten thousands were. Mm. So um, we've right. got them, and then uh, our, our friend, a good friend of mine over there, there with um, all our rods, I think, are all custom rods that he makes for us over there. So sweet. Um, they're normally cow star blanks that we use. But um, no. I can't remember exactly what they are. But yeah, I mean, he, the the new stand-up rods that he's made for us are—they're probably the best-looking stand-up rods I've ever seen. They're they're amazing. Really? Um, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll have to send you boys a picture of them. They're, yeah, do they've that. Got, they've got the new Win Winthrop um, adjustable butt. So you click a click a button on on the butt, and it goes from bent butt to straight butt. So wow. you know, if, if you're fighting a big fish, you can. Get in the harness and fight on a on a on the bent butt, and then when you get it close to the boat, you can go straight butt and then fight it stand up if you wanted. How how the hell does that work? That's like witchcraft. That's blowing my yeah, mind. I'm sitting here thinking about it's clever. it. It's, it, it's, it's it is clever, but um, they they're great. They are great, and they look nice as well because they're just one piece of billet aluminium, and they're all you know, they're nice. Yeah. But you know, they charge like a wounded rhino for them as well, which is. The only bad thing, a, a price of a butt is probably, I can't remember how much. I think they're $350, $370 just for a butt. So, yeah. you know, most people would say yeah. that that's the price of a rod, which it is. Mm. But 
I think those rods were like a thousand dollars a piece plus, wouldn't they, Mark? Yeah, a lot more. Yeah, a lot. Thing more. is, though, when you when you're fishing for big yellowfin, you your rubbish tackle gets found out very yeah. quickly, don't it? Yeah, I, I'm saying this like I've done it. I haven't done it. <laughs> I'd love to do it, but I can imagine what a yellowfin would do to inferior tackle. I, you know, I've caught a lot of you know, I've quite a good few marlin and a lot of yellowfin. I still think a yellowfin's a harder fighting fish. Definitely pound for pound, mm. a harder fighting fish yeah. than a marlin by far. A, a marlin, although they do sound a little bit, as soon as that yellowfin gets straight up and down, that I've seen it. So many people pass the rod off because they back just can't take it because it, it does kill your back if you've got a bad technique. Your lower back will it won't last ten minutes. Yeah, um, it's, they're brutal. Yeah, but you know if you can, if you can get in a in a just in a stand-up harness, just that supports your back, lower back, like like the bucket yeah. sort of harness. You you could sit there all day and do it, but it makes the you know it's a huge difference by doing it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do you find do you find fishing out there? Um, have you sort of brought anything back here and used techniques, or is there stuff out there, watercraft, anything that you've sort of really brought back and gone actually this is I'm a better angler because of that do you know what it's so the offshore side of things is so different I don't think it's it's not even comparable no, is it really? I, I, it's not like it's not like striper fishing up in you know up New York where you get transitions into what we're we're doing over here nothing not the only thing that I that might transition a little bit is the the inshore side of things with the redfish and the snook and the tarpon stuff, but even yeah. that, in a, I would say that almost like when me and Pete fish on, in Sebastian sometimes when we go over there, there's a company over there that's just started bringing out some soft plastic lures that, which I would say is more they're they're, they're more going towards the way that we fish over here now with them. So that it's basically a. Um, like a rolling head with a with a rolling body on it, if you like. And right. Yeah. And you know, for God knows how long, pretty much all all people were using is either a bucktail, or a, or a bomber diving plug to catch snook. And now they're all switching over to these soft plastic ways, soft plastic baits, and um, especially in the inlet there, because it runs so fast. So they're using like two or three ounce um, with the big paddle tail on it, and they seem to well. They seem to be smashing fish on them, so it might be that we see a lot more of that sort of style coming into it from over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a cool, it's a cool, cool place, though. Yeah, it is oh, cool. God, I mean, there's lots of lures I've brought back from the state side, trying to transition over here. But mm. all their top waters, I find most of the top water state side don't cast as well as the stuff we can. Japanese stuff we get over here. Yeah. And they yeah. don't cast like to... crisp packets. Yeah. And they they don't seem to get the influx of Japanese stuff over there. They you know they're no, not at all. You know what it's like over in America. They're all very you know, they like, like to support the American tackle brand. Yeah, they like your own, mm. they like their own yeah, manufacturer yeah, yeah. stuff. Well Mark, so... if you if we if we roll back to two thousand and fifteen or two thousand sixteen, we're over in Florida. So we're slow jigging, aren't we, for amber jacks and snappers and stuff. And I remember going into strike zone and Sean was like the owner of owner strike zone. He's like, Canal, what's this, man? You know, and slow now he's shot. Slow jigging is 
starting to get massive over there. Yeah, yeah. surely yeah. absolutely loaded up with slow jigging gear. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we we noticed that we went to Island Rider yeah. last year and we had a boat for a week and we noticed when we were going into tackle shops over there they, they it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, really catching on. Which is yeah, it's really getting big over there. Sean's trying to sell me a new temple reef rod every time I go in there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, crazy. I, I definitely shouldn't go there then. No, well, yeah, I'll be adding another one to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be going anywhere. But no, it's 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 different level over there. It's so much that that's the great. They do so much different, more fishing over there. It's you know, if you tell someone over in England, I feel like if you tell someone oh, what do you do for a hobby, fishing. You get a bit of a funny look off of fifty percent of yeah, people. Absolutely. Whereas yeah. it, almost every especially in Florida, almost everyone goes fishing. It's there's not it's many, huge. There's way not of many life. houses in yeah. Florida, Mark. Is Sorry? There? There's not many houses in Florida that either haven't got a boat up the driveway or a boat in the back garden. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. But it, it is yeah. a way of life over there as well. Like it's yeah. it's so different in that sense. Like we've always said that. Like we've been fortunate, we've always gone there on holidays and whatnot and but like you know, you talk to a lot of the guys on on the pier. They'll be there, you know. We talked to when we were younger. We used to talk to the older fellas that were fishing there, and they used to be telling you this, that, and the other, and you learn things and whatnot. Really nice. But a lot of them were there fishing for their dinner, so it's a, it's a way of life. I think it's only second to like golf, or it's just ahead of golf or something in Florida. So I think to do a to do a comparison, I mean, in the UK, a family would go out to the park for a day out, wouldn't they? Mm. In Florida, a family goes out to the river or yeah. to the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I love it there, man. Oh, we, don't. The reason we go every year, particularly recent years to, to Island Rada, is to, is the variety of fishing in such a short yeah. distance. We'd fish inshore around the bridges for tarpon and then we'd run, what, 15, 20 yeah. minutes and we're, and we're in Mahi ground yeah. and whatever You're else. On the humps, there, the Island Rada humps. And it's such a quick run. I think for when you're only going for a week or a short holiday and fishing time is, you know, like gold dust, it's um, it's a great destination to go and just fill your boots with a load of different type of fishing and just yeah, have fun. It is great. We did that down in the Keys as a family. Uh, hired a boat. I mean, I was little. Um, and we did that yeah. quite a few years. It's crazy how we start again, how we've ended up where we are in Florida. Because we, we go out of... Um, Port Canaveral, which is Cocoa Beach, right where the space centre is, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know how old I would have been, probably five or six. And we used to obviously, as a family, we'd go over there and do the Disney thing to start with. And uh, once yeah. we, you know, once you've done Disney a couple of times, it gets a bit, you know, yeah. old. It gets old fast. Gets yeah. a bit Disney, so doesn't it? When, 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 yeah. <laughs> Gets a bit Mickey so Mouse. <laughs> when, when, when we go over it for the following years, we found ourselves, start, you know, getting a hotel over over at Cocoa Beach, and then if we wanted to go to Disney, we would just go for a day rather than stay over in Orlando for the whole two weeks. Mm. We just go over yeah. there just for the odd day, and um, so then we started doing you know fishing charters and stuff out there, and we we'd always go with our, our friend Derwood, who makes all our rods and stuff. Funny enough, now. He used to run a charter boat at the time, and uh, that's how it all started, really. And then um, we went, wow. we yeah. went there, and we did the keys for a few years, probably five or six years. And then um, I don't know how long it was in between when we last saw Derwood, but my parents ended up buying a place in Florida as a holiday home. I, I, it was probably fifteen years went past, 
must have been at least close to that at least. And um, I was just looking online, look, researching fishing stuff really about the area because obviously we were about to get a boat and stuff like that. So I was researching and I and it, I just saw a list of Florida captains that had just re re um, reapplied for their captain's licenses, and I just I saw his I mm. saw his name on the list. And I was like, I wonder if that's the same day that we used to go fishing with. So we just did a drive-by past yeah. his house one night. And uh, him and his wife were out, outside their front porch. And as soon as we drove past and we just had the window down, they recognized us straight away. And they sort of both, we made eye contact. And then my dad like drove past and was like, I think that might have been him. And as we drove past, they already stood on the side of the road and go, and they come and said, hello. They recognized us straight away. And then since then, my dad and him have been like best friends, really. And and nice. even even the boat we've had over there, we've named after his old charter boat. So it's kind of like a tradition that's taken taken over, which is it's been nice. pretty cool. And he pretty much comes yeah. fishing with us whenever we go, as long as he's not working or whatever. Mm. So, Does yeah, he ever get a chance to get over here and jump on with you? Um, they've been they've been over once, I think. Um, but yeah, no, I think when they came over, I, I, I think it was. I actually think we ended up going taking him carp fishing because I think it was too windy to go out in the boat. Unfortunately, yeah. not a, not a proper introduction yeah. to English fishing. I was going to say that must have been a baptism of fire to come, you know, from chasing marlin. Yellow he, had, really, out he really enjoyed it because it was so different, you know, using a size. Yeah, yeah I was going to say eight, it must be like eight he was or ten hook for a catch of carp. It was like bizarre. He was probably just pissed off. He didn't have his crossbow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they like so, it. Yeah, it's very different for him. Mm. Mark, obviously, we touched on the, the spirit of Aaron um, and kind of getting into that. Uh, talk to us through, talk us through sort of how long you've had the boat and what made you want to become a, a charter skipper. That's a good question. Well, I've had the boat since September last year, um, and I haven't used it anywhere near as much as I'd hoped, just because of weather and then this coronavirus thing. I think I, I, I don't know how many trips I've done exactly, but I bet it's not more than. 30 which is you know terrible really considering it's over six months since i've had it now um yeah but yeah I, I've, I've always wanted a, i just love fishing to be honest so and i get a buzz out of watching other people catch it you know whenever mm. I, some, a, a mate of mine comes to me that ain't really into fishing or anything they're not great at it if i can get them to catch a you know a big bass that i get more excited out of that almost than me catching one so yeah, absolutely. An no-brainer, and I had an opportunity to do it, and um, you know, I I used to work for my dad's construction company, and he always kind of knew I wanted to go and do it, and he just said to me, "Look, if you go do it, if you if you don't if you don't don't like it or it doesn't work out, you know, you've always got somewhere to come back to." And I, I, I you know, and Neil, who used to own it before me, um, I was you know knew him quite pretty well, and he was moving abroad to go and go and do some fishing abroad so it just kind of fell into place really and it was just a you know let's have a go at it sort of thing i like to think that yeah all the, my lure fishing you know i i try that's what i want to try and do is get because i've taken on some of his um his old clients that he used to take out um i'd like to try and convert them from you know just you know they're they're bread and butter is you know go out catch some rays or some bream and stuff i'd like to try and introduce them to a bit of lure fishing because they, they haven't never seen anything like it before 
You've done it a few yeah. times, though, haven't you? Yeah. Mark? You've blown yeah. their minds by. Oh, just I had one. Them... I had one trip last year where the uh, we lost the anchor, so we had uh, we said like four or five hours left. I, I didn't have no choice but to try, you know say right, this is what we're gonna do. I got all my lures out of the boat, tied all the lures on the on the rods for them, and I said right, this is what we're gonna do. And then you know we had a they had a really good day. They they caught a load of bass and stuff. You know, I think they had a couple of seven, seven or eight pounders, so they they were, you know, over the moon with that. But yeah. if I'd have said them to them at the beginning of the day, this is what we're going to do, they probably would have said, no, 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 you're right, we'll just go do what we used to do. Yeah. So you know, yeah. and even when we're at anchor, sometimes I'll take it, I'll pull my lure rod out, and I'll flick the lure outside of the boat and bounce it down the reef and stuff, and you know, I'll catch a few bass and rats here, and you know, it gets them interested, then they want to have a go. As soon as they see you catch something, they they want to have a go. Yeah. So it's just yeah. trying to convert some of them over, you know, because yeah. some people just get stuck in their ways or they they don't know what, what it's all about. And it's just, uh, I quite like to change someone that will say, I'd re- that's what I really like is when you end up with a, a crew that says, no, oh, no, we don't want to go to that. We want to go lure fishing again today. Mm. That'll be where, like, yeah. that'll be uh, like ultimate to me. That'll be like, yeah, you, you know, you've got someone to change, this, change their way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the cigar yeah. moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think that I think that will happen, mate. Hopefully, this all clears up. Hopefully, and, um, but you know, there's also a lot of people more. that have got the mentality they they don't want to spend. They look at a black mirror and they go, well, "How much is that?" And I go, well, it's, you know, six, seven quid each." So they all oh, that's a lot of money. I like it is, but yeah. you know, at the same time, it's just a mentality yeah. shift, isn't it? It's kind of you know, once you once you start to get bitten by that bug of fishing light and lure fishing and for you know for good sized fish and great sport it won't it won't seem that much money but i guess when you're converting over for the but first all, time it is know, how much is bait's not that cheap nowadays it's, i was gonna say unless you're catching your own it's, it's, it's 20 pounds 20 pounds for a five pound box of squid yeah and i know obviously wow. you can use yeah. that between you would probably get away with that between three people for a day but yeah. By the time you add a load of mackerel and other bits and pieces, a load of worms not cheap yeah. either. You know, by the time they're buying 50, 60 pounds worth of bait for a day to come out for between four, five or six of them. Mm. You know, it's that's just for that can get you a lot yeah. of heads and tails, yeah, mate. definitely. So, yeah. yeah, and you know, that's just for that one day. So, and you, you can't reuse it. Some lures, you know, especially black minnows, you can you're a bit much more forgiving. Then you, yeah. then I've had to stop taking my dad oh, out yeah. because he loses so many. It costs uh, me. You're not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem to have him. Rick's dad was quite funny. We went out last year. Was it last year? A year before now? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, I can only imagine what you just said there. Really, Mike, the buzz of getting someone else. But my dad is it sort of got me into fishing, yeah. but he's not a big keen yeah. angler. I guess. And um, I said to him, Dad, I'd love to get you out on the boat and get get a bass. And we got him out, and he caught. He had like a couple of good ones, oh, and then he the thought best. he hooked the bottom. That was the best. He handed, was scared he was going to lose the fish minnow. Hand I was like, to Dan. No, there's definitely like, no, a fish on the end. Got of a good this. Fish I don't know what he thinks he's got bottom. <laughs> and then, so he got it was a great yeah, bass. It was a good bass. It was like I don't know, seven eight pounder. Right. And um, the buzz of seeing him have that, uh, like, was just, he yeah, was good, convinced you know, that he had the bottom. Absolutely convinced to the point where he was like, yeah, he was, yeah. Take it off. He was me, so, I I'm think it was more lure. so he was so scared he was going to have to give me another 30, <laughs> 40 quid for lures. <laughs> no, I've, I've taken some friends out before, you know, and I think 
I've, one friend I think of in particular, Martin, my mate, my Martin. And um, I think second or third trip I took him out, I think he caught a 13 pound something bass wow. with me. And I was, at the time, I don't think he actually had any, he, he didn't realise what, what he'd caught. Do you know what I mean? It was just yeah. like, oh, it's a, I said, mate, that's, you know, a monster. I think I don't think it ever really sunk into him. Now he actually, I think, he realises how big it was. But at the time, yeah, I don't think he yeah. appreciated fully what he'd just achieved. But it's, yeah. you know, it's always crazy that you, you can take someone else out and it's always, you know, the woman on the boat or something that ends up catching the biggest fish. Yeah. Yeah. But going back to Florida, Pete will uh, probably talk about this more than me. We had um, a few night sessions in Sebastian, didn't we, Pete, on the snook? Yeah. And that was... I think, how many nights did we fish? I think we fished three nights. Yeah. We went, we went, one, we we did, went um, one night, we both made the mistake of wearing shorts and flip-flops, which was... Got bitten alive, mistake, I bet. One of the biggest mistakes <laughs> of my life. <laughs> oh, mate, the no oh. were literally fuck I tell you. <laughs> it was really... I, I can still itch from it now. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. But I, I think we but pretty no. much went for the whole, however long we were there, four or five hours. I think we almost, we pretty much almost blanked at me. And we were, we were walking along the catwalk on the way home. And I think I just had one last cast off the, I was off the one, catwalk. And I hooked a snook right right on the edge. And you or TK had to climb down and, and, and try to land it for me. And I fought yeah. it from up the top. And then I think we went back two following nights after that. And we, I think we, yeah don't know where we had, but it was a lot. Yeah, the, the second night, uh, when, once we sussed out where where the the best point to target them was, um, the second night we had we had a really good session. I think we were with TK again, and he had that high twenty, didn't it? Like twenty seven pounder. Um, oh. It was absolutely massive, and um, yeah, I, I had I think I had a twenty and a, some eighteens. Mark had some big doubles as well. Mark's dad had a load, and then. When we hit the mother load was when we went back the third night. I think we were with um Oh, who was we with? Carl came with us that um, night. Carl, yeah, Carl Casiba. Carl came with us that night and that's when we literally emptied the place. It was absolutely we're hooking like I mean, well that was you, you remember that picture I posted up, lads, when my the um the my saltwater uh, single got bent out mm-hmm. and yeah, the I remember got ripped yes, out. Yes, it ripped out, yeah, yeah. Mate, we were just hooking dinosaurs. Wow. I think we were, there was probably an hour and a half there where it was every other cast. Jesus. Or some, was inc- one person out of the four of us had a fish on mm. them all the time. Yeah. And um, yeah. there was like 30 pound plus snooks smashing mullet at my feet in gin clear water at, at, at the dead of night. You know, it was absolutely just mental. Incredible. And um, yeah, I'd probably do Mark's head and I'm always, I'm always like sending him. Little like oh, when we go to Florida, we're doing some <laughs> or, or whatever, you know. It's, it, it, it's just you know when when you when you go there and look at how many people are fishing it, you just think fucking hell, it's it's yeah. absolutely loaded up. But when you then doing it and you're casting, you're hooking up, it's just one of those places. Yeah. Just, it blows my mind. It's an amazing point because it's a pl- it's a DIY fishing venue, isn't it, Florida? You don't have to have yeah a boat. Um, you don't have to necessarily mm. get a charter you could go out there you can fish mm. the beaches you can fish the inlets you can fish the piers um and have great sport and like you say on snook if you hit the right day the right mark the right time you, mm. you can you well, can we smash went, them 
Absolutely. We went, we went no, to Florida, what year was it? We went, we, and we were on the beach. We were playing yeah. keepy-ups on the beach for football. And literally, I just see this massive... Sn- I was watching. I was watching the ball. Yeah, yeah that's it. I, I had niche and toes, and then um, and, uh, yeah, and they yeah, call him wow. Pierlo. What's going no, on there? Like, it was quite funny, and I just yeah. I saw it didn't I, over your shoulder. I just saw this real dark shape coming at the beach, and before I could even get the word snook out, Dan managed to dart fifteen yards. I'm not joking. Pete, I, I threw this. It. I threw a DOA shrimp on the fly, running down the beach, full cast. And it must have landed two feet in front of its nose and it swiped. And all I saw was its gill plates like waft. And I was like, oh my God, it's hit Flare up. And then I've like tucked into it. And as I've tucked into it, it's kited along the beach. And Rick's running down the beach saying, get out of the way. Get out of the way. To all these people that are in the water swimming because <laughs> they look like getting cut in half like cheese string. Honestly, I was like, oh my God. Anyway, we ended up landing. It was a decent snook, to be fair. We had a. a it was my biggest yeah, snook I've ever it's caught, it's but good. it was just the way it happened all it in like, 50, yeah, 50, it all happened pounds, in like a split second. But all I remember seeing was it like tearing off down the beach and then between me and it was these families swimming. And I'm just thinking, oh my God, what are we going to do? And then Rick's like running down like a warden. <laughs> get out of the way, get out of the way. Um, to... They were, they, they all fr- flew Shout out of the sea thinking I was, you know, screaming about a shark or something. And then they but that, again, it was, was another another <laughs> classic moment. We all said, oh, we'll go down the beach one evening and we're going to fish. We'd seen some black tips, like, thrashing around in the shallows and whatnot. We said, oh, let's go down there with a couple of dead baits and just throw them out. We'll have a beer on the beach. And if we get a fish, we get a fish type thing. And then, lo and behold, we were, like, all sitting there going, oh, wouldn't you just love to hear that real scream off? And as we stopped saying it, it just started going. And we were like, what? And next thing you know, it was like, well, we ended up fighting it for like 40 minutes. We landed a tarpon off the beach. And it was like, like the three nice. of us were like completely over the moon. Like you can believe. And it was like archaic tackle at the time as well, wasn't it? It was like, I mean, we were like fishing 40 pound <laughs> mono to like a boat reel, pen boat reel, of which we couldn't <laughs> cast off the beach. So we had to like lilo, like lay on the lilo and take out a dead bait, drop it in and then lilo back. I bet the locals are like these guys. Yeah, hundred percent. But they all clap you on the oh, beach when you catch it. It's amazing. <laughs> you know what? At randomness. I was. Um, I'd been out with Mark. I think we'd been out catching kingfish or something, and uh, we got back to the, got back into the port, and um, Mark's gone up on on the cleaning stations. He's cleaning some fish out, and um, we. Uh, when you when you're dropping the guts on the fish, there the fish the, the guts just go straight over the side and. There's like a gargantuous mm. amount of ladyfish there. And um, do you remember that monster ladyfish I hooked, Mark? Just out of that act of randomness. I flicked that out. Was a fun, I think one of the funniest like... things I've ever seen is you go, I've never seen someone go so undergun for such a situation. <laughs> <laughs> so you had no idea what you were about to do, what hook into. No. You saw... it was, do you remember? It was my, um, hey, lads, it was the oh, Branzino. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was PE1 and. I'm looking at all these lady fishers. Everyone's chucking all the guts over. And I, I said to Mark's dad, I'm going to have one of them. Mate, I literally flicked out a little lure. It got smoked straight away. And I was snapped up in seconds. Yeah. And I must have had four or five times, one after the chop. Bang. Yeah. These, are pro- these are proper lady fish. These are like seven, 
six, seven wow. pounds. Wow, they, they look like mini. They look like mini wow. clappers yeah. swimming around in the water. Yeah, yeah. They, they must yeah. look like clappers because even I'm sure. That, I'm sure there's a Florida, Florida record run. of that bait station. Really? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they are huge. huge. Mad, and uh, yeah, I, I just remember that Mark's old man was just laughing to himself. He's like, welcome yeah. to Florida, boy. My brother <laughs> caught a ladyfish on a little silver cast master in Naples and was halfway through, like he reeled it up the beach. It was only small, like bait size sort of thing, like probably like foot, two foot long max. And um, literally like just dragged it up the beach. And then he just saw a load of redfish hit the shoulder ladyfish that was in front of him. So didn't even bother unhooking it, just threw it straight back in got smashed and landed a redfish on a cast master that was already hooked in the ladyfish. I mean, the madness of it. It's just <laughs> that Florida summed up. Like you can't, you can just throw big baits. You can, you don't know what you're going to get. Everything you can do from the beach pretty much. It's great. We, uh, we put out on our Instagram uh, just like an open sort of question um, sort of box on a story to, if anyone wants to write in. And to be honest, mate, we've had loads again come in um, and we could probably talk for another two hours if I asked all of them. And actually, we've covered quite a bit of them, but there's two that I've got circled in my, my notepad here to ask. So this is a serious question. Uh, scones, jam then cream or cream then jam? <laughs> you might know who that's come I from. know exactly who that is. Just <laughs> uh, who has it come from? It's come. From, it's come from South by Southwest. Of course, it has. It's uh, come from Rob. Rob. <laughs> well, we don't have time for scones on my boat. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, no, but on, on a serious, couple of questions. Um, one of them, which was good, which has come from. Our friend Charlie, um, Charlie Garland says, "What is your routine when setting up a drift? Like, do you have something that you sort of do um, every time when when you're setting yourself up?" Routine. I will never drive over the spot where I'm going to fish before I drift. That, that's say, a big no-no yeah. for me. Wide berth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would never. I, I won't even go anywhere near it until I'm ready. Even over sort of deep wrecks. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, if yeah. I'll, I'll drift over it. And another thing with the wrecks, I, uh, what I will say is, if I'm going to catch a bass, it's going to be in the, it's going to be on that first two or three, one, two, three, four drifts. I'm going to catch a bass because they seem to spook after that. Yeah. So I, that, that I always yeah. gear up um, to catch a bass on my first. I'll always pick a lure on my first few drifts that's going to pick out. I think it's going to pick out a bass. So. Um. Yeah. And the same for the in, for the inshore stuff. I'll I'll never go anywhere near where I'm fishing until mm. I'm until I'm ready to start. Uh, and the thing that I think is important on the inshore stuff is pe- people don't understand. Like you know, the, the, especially where we fish, there, there's certain areas where they rocks that they'll just sit on, and if you're 50 yards one side or 50 yards the other side. You will not catch anything. You won't get hit, will you? Nothing. You won't even know there's anything there. And then as soon as you go over the right spot, you'll see a big like Christmas tree up on your sounder where there's bass all up in the water. Yeah. But if you if you were fifty yards one side or fifty yards the other side, you'd never know they were there. Yeah. And it, it and some days it's it's as critical as that. And I see some people just willy nilly, you know, just setting their drift. You've got to be 
precise with it. Yeah. You know, put your put your track line on your sounder and, and if you have to, do a drift. Before you go and do your actual drift, fishing drift, stop short of it and just get a line, stop the boat dead and see what see what angle you're drifting at. And then you know exactly where you can start your drift to make sure you hit the spot when you're drifting over it. That's a very good tip, that. That's a big tip. So many boats, so many boats we see out there, Mark, you know, you just see them, that they'll be slowly, slowly, you know, motoring over the top of the mark with obviously looking at the sounder, then they'll be going back again and then they'll be doing a different angle. You think they've done three or four, you know, wreckies over the top of where the bass are and then they wonder why they don't catch any fish. You know, they are so spooky. You know, like you say on the wrecks as well, you can be in 200 foot of water. You know, fish can be spooky that, you know, sound travels, doesn't it? Yeah, um, no, I definitely would not. I would never drive over the my drift line if I can, unless... There's a bunch of boats anchored where I need to drive around them, um, and I, I can't avoid it. I would never drive over my the line that I'm going to bat the fish because mm. you know most of the time, especially inshore when we're bass fishing, we're only in 30, 40 foot of water, and mm. you know it's not sound travels a hell of a long way. Yeah, I don't even like sometimes bounce bouncing my lure hard off the bottom. Like sometimes I think that that might seem a bit funny to them. Yeah. Or it might attract them on the right day, but you you know you never know um, what's to do. But that's what I would say: never, you know, never, never. You're going to fish until you're ready, and even then, go give it a wide berth. And I'll I'll put in an extra long drift on my, my first drift of the day because on some marks I've got the, the first drift is you know everything. If I'm going to catch a big fish, it'll be on be on the first drift on that mark. On a certain tide or whatever, I'll, I'll you know I'll put everything into that first drift because I know that after a while they do get spookier and spookier and spookier. So the the more chance you've got of catching that really big fish gets smaller, I think, as the day yeah. goes on. Yeah, interesting. It's funny how you say about the boat, obviously, and spooking them and stuff. Because um, a fellow I fish with in Australia, which we hopefully will get him on the pod at some point, um, Tyrone from Tackle HQ. We went out on a boat trip and literally they follow the lobster boats around because they know the sound of the engine. They know that there's going to be pots dropped with bait in yeah. that's going to then obviously, you know, flake away and be scraps here and there. So they literally, the fish, if you head out on a, on a charter, the fellow who took us out, he said, right, we'll just find where the lobster boats are and we'll just follow them. And they just follow them and you just drop yeah. like pink. I think I use like the Seaman pink sort of swimmers and whatnot and we just dropped them down and they literally followed the, lob uh, the lobster boats all the way or the cray boats all the way around and we just smashed snapper all the way around like it's yeah, crazy I've how they of, follow I've the engines stories from the um small boats that launch of a bogner with the lobster pots saying that the bass follow up follow the pots up and down when when they're emptying out the pots yeah to eat eat the stuff out of them that they throw back in yeah crazy. yeah fish wise up they're not they're though. not they're not as stupid as people think they no are. definitely not no, no. Um, and th just one more question, mate, uh, which I thought was quite a good one. What's the best tide of the time? Uh, time of the tide do you find to fish deep wrecks with Pollock? Oh, do you know what I would? I, I go against the grain. Everyone else I know that fishes wreck fishes, they all really like it. This isn't necessarily a, a specific time of tide, but this is a type of tide I like. I like a a small tide. 
but mm-hmm. that might just be because of the way that we fish that it suits it better than a flying collar. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, in my opinion, I I really like the really small tides. I've We've always... been out there on big six meter tides before, Mark, and it's just not the, not the same, is it? No, you know. I find on the big big six meter tides, you know, you'll get a really good hour and a half fishing, you know, around slack and before and just after it, but. Once the tide's hooping through, I, I I don't feel like you keep your lure in the yeah. in the zone. You can't long control enough. your lure as, yeah. as you can in the sort of a slacker tide. No, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. I would I would I always fish the smaller tides just because I've just historically well I, you know historically done better. But then I I'm always a firm, firm believer when someone says oh yeah I've caught loads of fish on this lure, is that just because they fish that lure that look that lure gets. You know, most air time, more, yeah. water, more water time than any other lure they tie mm. on. So, you know, you've got to be careful. It's a good point, that. There's one more really important round of questions, Pete, isn't there? Yes, hold on, hold on. <laughs> right. Look out, Mark. Mark. You're up. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Here we go. Right, I've just got 10 questions for you, mate. Might make it 11. Hard or soft? Soft. Home or away? Home. Okay. Tuna or marlin? What was that? Tuna or marlin? Tuna every time, mate. FG or uni? (sighs) Now, I've seen you use both. Yeah, well, it depends how much time I got. You Um, haven't got any time? FG or uni? Uni, then. Yay, (laughs) uni, boys. Pen or Shimano? Shimano, not even close. Traction or vertical? Oh, can I say depends on the day? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I'm going to go traction. Bud or Modelo? Modelo. Good boy. Fish or Ilex? Fish. Because I like or... Ilex. Lawrence or Garmin? Oh. I'm going to say Lawrence, but only because it's linked to Simrad. (laughs) Yellowfin or Freeman? I've got to say Yellowfin because that's what we got. Yep, I know. Uh, And lastly, Masala or Vindaloo? Vindaloo. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that. Good work, Pete. Love that. But, mate, I'm, I'm seriously looking forward to getting out. With yeah, you. I'd love to get out, 100%. No, definitely. We'll have to sort something out at some point Yeah, this summer. Maybe the, uh, well, let's see what happens with it, what's going on. But we'll have to uh, definitely get out in the autumn if everything's going, because that's primo time. Yeah. yeah. I love a live podcast from the boat well, as it happens. I've actually, we, could, well, we could do a podcast from, yeah. Yeah, I actually had a think about this. There's, we could easily do that. We can easily record ourselves on the boat with a couple of mics. We can have the banter across the boat while we're fishing. It will definitely be able to be done. Yeah, That'd be yeah. Good. it be would good. be good. That would be a good laugh because um, I don't think something like that's been done before and I'm pretty sure that will get picked up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely amazing and obviously right. we should probably mention if you want to go and check out um, Martin's Instagram it, for the Spirit of Aaron charters and stuff you can hit him up with messages on there um, 
And what is the Instagram, Mark? Is it just Spirit of Aaron or is it the... This, uh, yeah, at Spirit of Aaron is the, is the boat page. Perfect. And if you yeah. just want to look at a load of doubles, then obviously go and see his personal page. <laughs> <laughs>